And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 57. Yesterday we completed 1 Samuel, so today we're going to start in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel is just a continuation of where 1 Samuel left off. They could really be one book. And so we find in chapter 1 that a man <clears throat> had come to David, and he had ash on his head, his clothes were ripped and torn and whatnot. And in verse 3 it says, David asked him, where have you come from? He replied to him, I've escaped from the Israelite camp. Verse 4, what was the outcome? Tell me, David asked him. The troops, fl uh, the troops f fled from the battle. He answered, many of the troops have fallen and are dead. Also Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. <clears throat> David asked the young man uh, who had brought him the report, how do you know Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And so then the guy goes on and he tells David, you know, I was, I was, I was going through the battle. I saw Saul. He was leaning on his sword, and he told me to come over here and to, uh, and to kill me because my enemies were about to come and kill me. And so then I killed him, and, I, and, and, and uh, you know, I took his crown and whatnot. So this is what he's telling David. You know, he's obviously making things up because we found out in, in an episode yesterday that Saul actually killed himself. He fell on his own sword. And then the man says, I took the crown that was on his head, and the armband that was on his arm, and I brought them here to my Lord. So he's trying to, to curry favor from David, right? He's trying to say, look, you know, this is what I've done for you. Uh, in verse 11, then David, took, uh, then David took a hold of his clothes and tore them. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and the men with him did the same. They mourned, wept, and fasted until the evening for those uh, who died by the sword, for Saul, his sword Jonathan, the Lord's people, and the house of Israel. And so David is distraught that they lost the battle with the Philistines and that uh, Saul and his boy, Jonathan, um, were now dead. So then David then inquired more of this guy who brought him the news. And it says in verse 13, David inquired of a young man who brought him the report, where are you from? And so the guy says, I'm an alien, I'm an Amalekite, you know, I just happened to be uh, in the area, and, you know. And so in verse 14, uh, David questioned him, how is it that you were not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David summoned one of his servants and said, come here and kill him. The servant struck him, and he died. And so he, he, um, he literally killed the messenger, you know, but he killed him because he, the messenger had lied, right? He, he told him this is what he did, and David said, how could you do this against the Lord's anointed? And so he killed him. And as a result of that, David wept and mourned uh, for the dead, and then he wrote a song, as he was prone to do. So he wrote, he wrote a song about it and uh, to commemorate what had happened. So we go on to chapter 2, and it says in verse 1, Sometime later, David inquired of the Lord, Should I go to the towns of Judah? The Lord answered him, Go. Then David asked, Where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. And so David is uh, going to Hebron now. And so, but we see again, before David makes a major move, what does he do? He inquires of the Lord. He always inquires of the Lord. This, this kind of convicts me, right? Because a lot of times I make decisions without inquiring of the Lord before I make a decision. I think about it afterwards, but I don't think about it prior to. So if we go down to uh, chapter 2, verse 8, he says, uh, Now Abner, son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Saul's son Ishbotheth and moved him to another city. And it says in verse 9, he made him king over Gilead, Asher, Jezreel, Ephraim, and Benjamin over all Israel. And so Abner 
took one of Saul's son and made him king over all the territory. Now, he didn't mention Judah, but he made him uh, king over Israel. In verse 10, Saul's son Ishbotheth was 40 years old when he became king over Israel. He reigned for two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. And so now we have a split in Israel. And so Abner, who was a commander, he wasn't royalty. He was a commander. He took one of Saul's sons and made him king. What gave him the authority to do this? I don't know, other than fear. People had fear of Abner. In verse 12, Abner, son of Ner, uh, and soldiers of Ishbotheth, son of uh, Saul, marched out uh, to Gibeon. In verse 13, so uh, Joab, son of, uh, uh, what is that? Zariah, yeah. So Joab, son of Zariah, and David's uh, soldiers marched out to meet them by the pool of Gibeon. And so we have the army of Abner slash Israel, and then the army of David slash Judah going out to meet each other. <clears throat> the two groups uh, took up opposite positions on sides of the pool. In, in verse 14, then Abner said to Joab, let's have young men get up and compete in front of us. Uh, let them get up, Joab said, in verse 15. So they got up and were counted off. Twelve for, for Benjamin and Ishbotheth, son of Saul. Twelve for David's soldiers. Verse 16. Each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side so that they all died together. And so basically 24 soldiers, 12 from each side, killed each other, and they all died, and that solved nothing. <laughs> okay, And so... In verse 17, it says, the battle that day was extremely fierce. And so this was, I guess, supposed to solve who won this battle. But since there was no winner, um, the battle that day was extremely fierce. And Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by David's soldiers. The three sons of uh, Zariah were uh, Joab, Abishai, Abishai, and Asahel. Asahel was fast. Uh, and he ran like wild gazelles, so he was a fast runner. In verse 19, it says, He chased Abner and did not turn to the right or the left in pursuit of him. Verse 20, Abner glanced back and said, Is that you, Asahel? Yes, it is, Asahel replied. And so he's running after Abner. So Abner's running. He, Abner looks back and he says, Is that you? He says, Yes. You know, I'm coming to get you, basically. And so then Abner tries to dissuade him. He says, Look, turn to the right or the left. You know, do something else. Don't chase me. I don't, I don't want to have to kill you. But he keeps pursuing him. And it says in verse 23, But Asahel refused to turn away. So Abner hit him in the stomach with the butt of his, his spear. The spear went through his body, and he fell and died right there. And so one of the three brothers of um, Zariah was chasing Abner. Abner killed him, and he falls. And so then uh, Joab and uh, his brother and the rest of the army come along. They find him and whatnot, and then they take him back. Uh, and return to Hebron. In chapter 3, in, in verse 1, during the long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, so we find out that they're in a civil war now, <clears throat> David was growing stronger and stronger. The house of Saul was becoming weaker and weaker. And then in verse 2, it says sons were born to David in Hebron. And so it lists David's sons that were born. And the top three, the first three, I should say, Amnon, uh, Chiliab, and Absalom, they, um, no, not Chiliab, I'm sorry, uh, Amnon, Absalom, and Adonijah, they, they will get notorious later on. We'll get to them later on. In verse 6, it says, 
during the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner kept acquiring more power in the house of Saul. And so Abner was getting more powerful. The king, uh, Isbotheth, was obviously getting weaker. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, uh, and Isbotheth questioned Abner, why did you sleep with my father's concubine? Okay, (laughs) and so it doesn't say in the word that Abner did this, but obviously Isbotheth felt that he did, and that was akin to making a claim to the throne. And so Abner, in verse 8, it says, Abner uh, was very angry about Ishbosheth's accusation. He was like, and so he starts going off on him. I a dog, you know, who are you to, you know, all I've done for this house, and you're going you're gonna to accuse me to this, or you're going to accuse me of this, are you crazy? And so then in verse 9, Abner says, may God punish Abner and do it so severely if I don't do for David what the Lord swore to him. Uh, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish the throne of David over Israel and Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. In verse 11, Ishbotheth did not dare respond to Abner because he was afraid of him. And so in verse 12, it says, Abner sent messengers as his representatives to David, "Whose whose land is it? Make your covenant with me, and you can be certain I am on your side to turn all Israel over to you. So Abner's acting like a king, right? He's saying, look, make a covenant with me, David, and I'll turn all Israel over to you. Verse 13, David replied, good, uh, I will make a covenant with you. However, there's one thing I require of you. You will not see my face unless you first bring Saul's daughter, daughter Michelle, uh, when you come see me. Now remember, Saul had given uh, David's wife to another man. And so David apparently and obviously did not forget this. And he says, I made covenant with you, but I want my wife back. Now he's already got several otherwise, but he wants this one back. Verse 14. Then David sent messengers uh, to say to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, uh, give me back my wife. I was engaged to her for the price of 100 Philistine foreskins. But remember, they brought back 200. In verse 15, so Ishbotheth sent, sent someone. So apparently Ishbotheth is in on this because David sends a message to him, not to Abner. He sends it to the king, says, look, give me my wife back. And, and so um, Ishbotheth sent someone to take her away from her husband. Her husband followed her, weeping all the way uh, to Behurim. Abner said to him, go back. So he went back. So they came to get uh, his wife, who was really David's wife. And so apparently he's following behind her, distraught and whatnot. He gets there. Abner says, look, man, go home. This is over with. There's nothing you can do about it. Go back. And so he turns around and goes back. And so then, um, so then Abner goes throughout Israel, informing them of what they're going to do. And they're going to essentially end this civil war and, and make uh, David the king of Israel. And so in verse 19, it says, Abner also informed the Benjamites and went to Hebron uh, to inform David about all that was agreed on by Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. And so Abner takes 20 dudes with him. They go to Hebron to meet with David in order to seal the deal. And in verse 21, Abner said to David, let me now go and I will gather all Israel to my Lord, the king. They will make a covenant with you and you will reign over you will reign over all you desire. So David dismissed Abner and he went in peace. And so <clears throat> we see that um, this is all happening 
because of Ishbotheth made this claim against Abner. So apparently he was so ticked about this claim that he was going to end the whole civil war and his pursuit to gain more power, apparently, in, in, in order to um, consolidate Israel. And so in verse 22, it says, uh, Just then David's soldiers and Joab returned from a raid. When Joab and his whole army arrived, Joab was informed Abner, son of Ner, uh, came to see David. The king dismissed him, and he went in peace. And this enraged Joab. And so he says in verse 25, You know that Abner, son of Ner, came to deceive you and to find out about your military activities and everything you're doing. Uh, then Joab left uh, David and sent messengers after Abner. They brought him back from the well of Sirah, but David was unaware of this. In verse 27, when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab pulled him aside to the middle of the city gate as if to speak to him privately. And there Joab stabbed him in the stomach and Abner died in revenge for the death of uh, Asiel, um, Joab's brother. So he was getting uh, revenge on Abner. In verse 28, David heard about it later and said, uh, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. Then David curses Joab for what he did in his family. And in verse 30, Joab and his brothers uh, killed Abner because he had put their brother uh, to death in the battle at Gibeon. And so in verse 32, they bury Abner in Hebron and David the king, he wept loud at Abner's tomb. And so David is going overboard to essentially show all the people that I didn't have anything to do with this. Okay. This, this don't hold this against me. And in verse 36, all the people took note of this and it pleased them. In fact, everything the king did please them. On that day, all the troops and all Israel were convinced that the king had no part in the killing of Abner, son of Ner. Now this was critical if the whole entire nation was to be galvanized together. And so it had to be, you know, David had to make sure that nobody uh, misunderstood his actions or accused him of assassinating Abner. And then um, we go on to chapter four, and it says, when Saul's son Ishbotheth heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he gave up and all Israel was dismayed. And so, <clears throat> you know, apparently he leaned on Abner for all his strength, and he was gone, and that was that. But there were two guys in his camp, and they came along, and they killed Ishbotheth. Okay, and it says in verse six, they entered the interior of his house as if to get wheat and stabbed him in the stomach. And then these two guys they escaped. Uh, then they uh, entered the house while Ishbosheth was lying in bed in his uh, bedroom and stabbed and killed him. They removed his head, took it, and traveled by way of Arabah all night. And they went. To, um, they went to David and they took Ishbosheth's head with them to David. And they said, look, David, this guy was trying to kill you, but, you know, Saul's son tried to kill you, but we killed him, you know, before he could uh, kill you. And, you know, essentially we did a great thing. How did David respond? He responded the same way he did with the messenger. And it says in verse 12, so David gave orders to young men, uh, to the young men, and they killed these two guys. They cut their heads and feet off and hung their bodies by the pool in Hebron, but they took Ishbotheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. And so they honored Ishbotheth, but they killed these other two guys who killed him. <clears throat> and so we find out in chapter 5 that um, all Israel comes to Hebron 
in order to anoint David. In uh, verse 3, it says, So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. Uh, king David uh, made a covenant with them at Hebron in the Lord's presence, and they anointed David king over Israel. Verse 4, David was 30 years old when he began, began his reign. He reigned 40 years in Hebron. He reigned over Judah seven years and six months. Uh, and in uh, Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. <clears throat> and so now he's got, he's the king over all Israel. He wants to relocate the capital for it to be a more central capital for uh, Judah and, and, and Israel. So he goes to Jerusalem, basically. And um, he captures it, and he renames it uh, the city of David. <clears throat> and then um, it says in verse 13, after he arrived from Hebron, David took more concubines and more wives from Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to him. And so then the word lists the sons and daughters, one of which was Solomon. And then in verse 19, it says, Then David inquired of the Lord, um, and so the Philistines heard that he had come there and that they, um, they were going to attack. So David again inquires of the Lord, um, should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, attack for I certainly will hand the Philistines over to you. And so that's exactly what happened. And it says, um, uh, as he comes in, he's, uh, he's about to attack him. And it says, so David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered, do not, how should I do this? And the Lord answered, do not attack directly, but circle around behind them and come out, uh, come at them, uh, opposite of the balsam trees. When he, when you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the balsam trees, act decisively for the Lord will get, will have gone out ahead of you to strike down the army of the Philistines. So, uh, so David did exactly as the Lord commanded him and he struck down the Philistines. And so this time the Lord gave him, actually gave him strategy with regard to how to defeat the Philistines. So David make an, made an inquiry, and then the Lord gave him instructions on not only yes or no, but this is what you do, but this is what you are to do in order to defeat them. And so how much more, if we just remember to inquire the Lord in the things that involve our lives, uh, <clears throat> that he is surely in ways that we can, can't even predict, will come to our assistance and give us answers to our inquiries. And with that, we will see you tomorrow in episode 58. Bye-bye.